Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Texas, Texas Football Today, a show with nothing to talk about. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Hi. Folks. Uh, and sitting to my right, the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas football. You know him. You love him. He's Shahan J. Raja. Hello, Shahan J. Raja. What's up? Uh, she can only do so much to make us all sound good. I right know. Now. This is this is the best <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like, can't. like the mics are on and that's about all I could do. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, Jennifer. Uh, today is Thursday, July 22nd. Call back. 2021. It's a good meme, okay? <laughs> 126 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Alex Trebek. R.I.P. Oh, uh, episode no. 1206. Christ. We got a lot to talk about. That's why I'm kind of zooming through the intro because we got to get Shahan out of here because He's got to go talk with who's at twelve twenty. Seth. Luttrell. Ooh. Oh, Luttrell. hang on. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we can pause for this. Car. There we go. <laughs> uh, so we got to get him to uh, conference USA Media Days here in just a moment. So we're going to talk about the big news that came out yesterday uh, between uh, the big report from our friend Brent Warren at the Houston Chronicle about Texas and OU eyeing uh, the the SEC. We'll also talk about the big high school news that came through today, and then back half of the show, if there's some time, we'll take a look. We may have an interview with uh, our friend. Uh, Dalton DeGraffenreid, the coach at Klondike, uh, who we caught up with at the, state, at the uh, THSCA coaching school and convention. So, I, I just love all those words. Dalton DeGraffenreid from Klondike. Dalton, just three Dalton electric words, from Klondike. Man. And here's the thing. <laughs> the Cougars. He played for Crane. Yeah, no, that's the guy that you posted about last night. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, my Incredible. Golden. Everything about Dalton DeGraffenreid, yeah. except the fact that he makes me feel really old. <laughs> it's great. It's a shoe fits. Lots of good words. Do we have first four through the door, Sassy? <laughs> Daniel Agnew, Rob Hathaway, Aaron Arbuckle, and our boy Meese. Welcome back, Welcome fellas. Welcome back. Okie dokie. So yesterday I stepped out in the hallway, and then I came back out of the hallway. And everything and Shahan, was on fire. <laughs> Shahan turned to me, and he goes, so the internet's on fire. fire. <laughs> 
Uh, Listen, I stepped out to, of course, after seeing Giannis's video, I went out to Chick-fil-A, sure. got got a half Sprite, half lemonade. Did you actually? I did. Was actually. it good? It, it was very good, okay. actually. So, you know, may, maybe something to think about looking for. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I came back and I saw people tweeting like, huh, I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder where this school is going to land. I'm like, I missed something. Yes. <laughs> I missed something critical. And, uh, and I did. Brent Zornman from the Houston Chronicle saying that... Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about potentially becoming members. Um, okay, so there's a lot. There's a lot to break down here. First and foremost, let's let's congratulate Brent Warnerman on the scoop. Our buddy <laughs> yeah. Brent Warnerman. Yeah, that's he wrote big the, time. he wrote the story of the summer. Uh, it's uh, it's it's hot Brent summer. I, I had a friend over who works for the Chronicle say. Yeah, he met his page view goal in one day. Yeah, <laughs> for the <laughs> month. Absolutely, for the month. He was. Uh, but congratulations to him. And and I think it's worth mentioning. Let's start there. Yes. Brent Zwerneman is not some fly-by-night oh. blogger who's throwing stuff against the wall. We won't throw out names, but yes. He's yeah. not just trying. It's not clickbait. No. He's not no. just trying to get clicks. If Brent Zwerneman well, says it, well, Brent Zwerneman is a super respected reporter. And, and the Houston Chronicle. I mean, they have, they have standards, right? Like, that's the yes. short way to put it, right? They're not going to – and even – it's not just a tweet, right? It is a story that he put up. Yes. It is well-sourced. Uh, what he said on uh, on SEC Network is that his source wanted it out. So this is, this is clearly somebody – Somewhere in, in some administration, mm-hmm. we don't know which school, we don't know which area. Somebody wanted this out because they wanted this chaos, and and the chaos did come down because it was timed really well. Because Jimbo Fisher was like walking to the stage at SEC Media yep. Days for that time, uh, and so yeah, so Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about potential. I'll pump the brakes because Chill. it sounds like to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. The earliest that we could see something like this realistically is probably 2025 correct so so here's the deal right so like you mentioned this is not something that's going to happen imminently even if it is going to happen which we still don't know Mm -hmm. at that point by any means so so back a couple months ago the big 12 went and kind of reached out to the tv networks and talked about renegotiating renegotiating their deal and to me what that said at that time was one there's some momentum to try to think about what the future of the Big 12 could be. But two, I, I think that they wanted to just see what the offers would be like, right? If the offer was going to be good enough, if Texas and Oklahoma were going to be kind of satisfied with the, with the money that they could get, I think that this becomes a non-issue, right? The TV network said, no, we're going to wait. Uh, the Big 12 has a grant of rights, which comes up in 2025, which means that all of the schools are locked in until 2025. Now, Texas and Oklahoma can get out of it. It would cost them what they would have received for mm-hmm. that year as a penalty in addition to not receiving that money. Right. So basically, over the course of two years, they'd have to pay $70 million. Yeah. Right. So, so this, is, this is not a small deal, right? It's hard to... I'm not saying it's impossible to see them go out early. And certainly... Look, if this sets things in motion, and this, this might have been a reason that it was that it was leaked to, maybe then all of a sudden the other eight schools start looking around too, and then there's just sort of a consensus that we're going to break this up early, right? right? In which case, nobody would have to pay penalties, right? So, so that's one of the things that that is is interesting about this is there are there's obviously a lot of moving parts, and mm-hmm. there's nothing guaranteed. No, and I, Longhorn Network probably isn't footing a seventy million dollar bill. I also bill. I also <laughs> think I also think it's worth mentioning that. This is probably not the only conference that these two schools have reached out to. I think that's probably fair. Right. I think that a big thing right now is that just this report coming out, and, and certainly, you know, they, they didn't even say, Zornman didn't say anything like this. I don't think that this is by any means saying, like, Texas and Oklahoma are like, this is it. Yeah. They're just saying, hey, we need to think about it. We want to know what the offer is like. We need to know the landscape. And I think that they're going to do that with a number of conferences. Now, there's a lot of reasons why the SEC could make sense, but I, I do think 
certainly, uh, you know, Oklahoma's probably going to consider, do we want to be tied up with Texas still? Yeah. You know, I think that Texas is going to look around and say, okay, well, we have this Longhorn, Neil Co- uh, Longhorn Network contract that's going to go to 2031. Well, Big Ten, what, what could you do with that? You know, mm-hmm. Pac-12, what could you do with that? ACC, what could you do with that? I mean, these are the two arguably biggest free agents that mm-hmm. we've had in 25 years in, in terms of if they do decide not to re-up this contract with the Big 12, which does seem likely. And, and I believe that there's been some confirmation that that might happen. But that doesn't mean that anything is decided at well, this point. Well, right. And and that's, that's I think, you know, it's long been portended that the Big 12 is going to break up. Like, that's just been kind of portended basically since the dust settled. The last time you remember they went through the whole rigmarole with Houston. Then the and Big then, 12 has 10 teams. And <laughs> exactly right. They did the whole thing of the whole song and dance. It's long been portended that they're going to break up. But it's also long been portended that the people who are going to throw the switch on the detonator are going to be Texas or OU. Those are the power brokers within this org- within the, the conference. And so that's why I think everybody, if Iowa State... And God, Kansas. <laughs> God bless Iowa State. But if Iowa State was saying, you know, we're flirting with the Big Ten, I think the Big 12 go, cool. Okay. Cool. Have fun. Cincy, come on down. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But with Texas and OU, right. I mean, let's be real about that. And, and one other thing, and, 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 and this kind of drove me nuts, we have to talk about what conference realignment is actually about. Okay, I'm seeing so many people who are like, why would the SEC want Texas? They've only won the conference three times in the last 25 years or whatever the number is. I'm like, guys, you are grossly missing the point of what conference realignment's about. Right, right. And so certainly the first part of it is money, right? The first part is just more and more money. But the other thing that I will say is... The second part is also money. I want to be very clear. (laughs) (laughs) But the third part... No, so, so the one thing is, right, like Texas and Oklahoma might not make much more money in the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be comparable. Other SEC schools, that's going to be the pitch. South Carolina is going to make a lot more money. Tennessee is going to make a lot more money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, they the way that they have their contract set up with the Big 12, because the Big 12 is the third conference by quite a bit in terms of average revenue, right, mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of average payout. So, like, it's not like these programs are poor because Oklahoma and Texas also own their third-tier rights and make money separately from every other Big 12 school off of those, and that's a 10 to $15 million advantage, right? So... It is money, but I think that the other thing, too, is that, just looking at Oklahoma for a second, right, I I think that Oklahoma feels like we have a perceived disadvantage being in the Big 12, Mm -hmm. and we can be that fourth playoff team every year, but to get from four to one, maybe we can't do it here. Mm -hmm. Maybe people see us as having a ceiling. Maybe recruits see it as, well, but that's the good league where you're going to get drafted, and people don't see us that way as Oklahoma. Now, for Texas... And I wrote this a little bit in a piece on taxfootball.com, and, and I don't want to be too rude about this, but there is a lot of, I think, of chasing AM shadow, right? Of, of seeing Texas AM, a program that has never been equal to Texas since post World War II, mm-hmm. surpass them in every way, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think that if you're Texas, you're just like, I want to shut that down. And you know mm-hmm. what? This worked for Texas A&M, and they, I think Texas A&M also did a lot of really good things to help themselves that I don't think Texas would do, mm-hmm. even if they entered the SEC. But I think that has to be a huge part of it, because if, if Texas A&M is doing, you know, sorry, what Missouri's doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're a 7-8 win team, I don't think that there's sort of this level of consternation. But Texas A&M was number five in the country last year. They entered this year as a team that could make the college football playoff. I think that Texas feels like, okay, well, you know, this last decade sucked. 
let's just try something new. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Dave Campbell's cover that really just pushed them to their limit, if we're <laughs> being completely been. honest here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Me me doing that uh, and, and helping with that Dave Campbell's cover <laughs> screwed over Texas Tech. So let's, way, way to go, Sean. This so, is on you. So there's obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of tentacles. And I know you're going to talk about exclu- exp- expansively on Republic of Football, which yeah. you, sub- you should subscribe yes, to. Yes. But um, let's talk about reasons why this wouldn't happen. Okay, yes. I just want to do this. First and foremost is there's a large entity in College Station who is going to do their damnedest to make sure it doesn't. Because, and and more or less, Ross Bjork came out and said that yesterday and said, we are 100% opposed to it. Now, I believe the number is four schools in the SEC would have to say no to prevent the SEC from extending the invitation. I think it's probably fair to say there are two no's, Missouri and A&M, their former Big 12 bunkmates. Arkansas? I think Arkansas that's a, really would have to consider saying no. That's a bunkmate. Maybe. maybe now, now, the one thing that I'll say is Arkansas, I think, would love to re-up that game with Texas as a home-and-home. Home, mm-hmm. But also, like, you've seen – it's not a coincidence that Arkansas had a great 2000s and all of a sudden in 2012 on has been like, huh, what happened? It's because yeah. Texas A&M came into the league. And now you're going to add Oklahoma, who's going to pull everybody from Arkansas, and Texas, who's going to pull everybody from Arkansas. I think that you have to ask competitive questions. And the other thing, too, that that I think you have to ask is certainly we don't know how the conference would be set up. Mm -hmm. You know, would it be an East-West division? There's been talk about pods and stuff like that. Uh, If you're one of the Mississippi schools and all of a sudden you add Texas and Oklahoma to your division, maybe that's not attractive. Sure. I'll just say this. I think think A&M's an easy no. Yeah. I think Missouri's a pretty easy no. Yeah. I don't think there's another easy no. I, I really think Arkansas is. I think Arkansas as well. I, I just don't think that. Guy. There's a lot of heated blood that goes into this. Maybe. Well, maybe. But at the same time, Arkansas needs money. That. Not really. Money's not really the issue. It's recruiting ground. It's, I, I think that's a much bigger issue for Arkansas than pure Trying dollars. to convince someone to go to Fayetteville. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, Cause, cause I don't think Arkansas is an easy that was, that was the pitch historically, mm-hmm. right, was that, you know, yes, LSU, but... But Arkansas is the school that if you live in the Metroplex, we are your easiest path to play to in the in Southeastern SEC. Conference. Mm-hmm. And at the second that that change, it is not a coincidence that all of a sudden the program has has fallen apart. Okay, right. I disagree. I think that I think yeah. that there's a lot of benefits for for Arkansas uh, bringing in making it a more robust uh, conference in that regard. Um, there's also look. I mean, we're going to see we we're like. Texas, Texas is its own enemy in this regard too. Because here's the thing, Texas is. This is going to only sound disrespectful, but I promise you, this is just the reality of the situation in the Big Twelve. That Texas is the power broker yeah. in the Big yeah. Twelve. Okay, I mean, no them, them and OU. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and Texas half a step down OU. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. If they move to the SEC, they are still a big boy, but they are. They, they, they're, they're uh, I was listening to Split Zone Duo, and they brought yep. the point that, like, they're going to be sitting right next to Greg Byrne at Alabama. Yep. yep. Okay. And Auburn and Florida and, and Georgia and all these right. very powerful people that they are not going to get to run the conference anymore right. from, like, a, like a strategic perspective. You go back to the kids' table yeah. at that I, point. I, no, it's not even the kids' table. <laughs> I, I but you're, be, you're going from being up here to yeah. being equals. I want to be I mean? very clear, right? The, the current Big 12 that started in 2012 exists the way that it does and is structured the way that it does and has made decisions the way that it does strictly because of Texas's ego. This mm-hmm. is the only reason the league exists like this. It's part of the reason that they didn't expand. It's part of the reason that they kind of held together like this. The, the whole breakup of the league came about because of the Longhorn Network, mm-hmm. right? So every little detail of what's happened is because Texas 
had a, you know, just had a thought one time, you know, like, oh, maybe we like that. And so the Big 12 is like, well, we got to adjust, right? And, and if you go to the SEC, there are at least – at least five programs that can just tell you to go sit in your sit in the corner, right? Yes. Like, no, not Texas is still going to be one of the biggest programs. Correct. Like, I, I don't want to act like you know they're they're not going to be Vanderbilt, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Texas A and M now. Like, <laughs> that's that's a bad start. Um, I know we got to get you to conference USA yeah. media days here in a and Oklahoma. By the way, Oklahoma. By <laughs> yeah. the way, I mean Oklahoma State. By the yeah. way, is going to make a stink about this. TCU yeah. and Tech. And and Baylor are gonna make a stink. Has about Baylor this. ever uh, made a stink during realignment talks? The I'm not familiar. Uh, I, I I know I got to get you out of here, but I do just want to say this: if you are thinking about this from a quality of football perspective, don't think of these as football teams. Yeah. Don't even think of them as athletic programs. Yeah. Think of them as brands. Yeah. Okay. And say what you want about the University of Texas, but Texas is a premium brand. Yeah. Well, and if the SEC can add a premium brand, that is ultimately going to be better for the SEC. Yeah. The, the thing that I'll say, right, is that obviously this publication in a lot of ways was started through the Southwest Conference, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's been disheartening, to say the least, to see sort of that that emphasis on regionality, that emphasis on rivalry, that emphasis on fan base, uh, kind of get replaced with this emphasis on national TV revenue, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that's obviously very disappointing, but that's also the reality mm-hmm. of, of where we're at, right? I mean, these programs, again, you, you see programs go to worse situations. You see Nebraska go to the Big Ten where they can't be competitive mm-hmm. because of perceived better TV opportunities, right? And that's just the reality of the sport. And and uh, we can, you know, complain and be upset about it. And we will. And we absolutely will. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that, that kills me, right, is like all of a sudden it's, I as someone who covers the state of Texas, just no matter where everybody ends up, going to be a whole lot harder for me to cover any road games, right? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And, uh, and, but that's the reality. Do it for don't do it for Shahan. Well, that's that's what we're saying here. Think Shahan, about our guy, Shahan J. Rogers, college football insider and the host of Republic of Football here on TexasFootball.com. I'm sure you'll have a podcast coming up here pretty shortly. A shout out to to Mallory who was like, "Hey guys, we're we're all like kind of tired and a little out of it. Why don't we push the podcast recording to tomorrow? Thank God." <laughs> Smart producer. God. That's good producing. Uh, Shahan, thanks for time, man. Go thanks, uh, tell Seth Latrell we said hi. We are Texas yeah. Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. I'm sure everybody in the comments is being very reasonable about yeah. Texas. They said, go Malpal. Go Malpal. <laughs> That's the overarching consensus here. Well, Pickle, that was the big news from the college perspective. <laughs> and then the high school world decided to uh, say, hey, we're still here. <laughs> this morning, we had some pretty big news from the high school ranks. We sure did. Uh, on TexasFootball.com, we've got the story uh, that... Austin Westlake coach Todd Dodge uh, is retiring after the 2021 season. Yes. Uh, he's going to retire. Uh, uh, he is, of course, he's entering now his 23rd season as a Texas high school football head coach. Uh, he is the 69th winningest coach in UIL 11-man history. Nice. He's got uh, six titles to his to his uh, name, including the back 2019 and 2020, uh, plus that three-peat. 
that he had with Carol, and I think it was four and five years or four and six years yes. there at Carroll. Um, he's also, of course, he was a record-setting quarterback at Port Arthur Jefferson. He, he was a great quarterback at Texas, etc. Um, he was also, I should probably mention, he's also the former North Texas co- coach. I know he probably Carl. doesn't want me to mention that. It did not go great, uh, but he, is, he did have a swim through North Texas as their, uh, as their head coach. Okay, Let, let's, let's, let's step back a moment, and I'll tell you a little story that this is not surprising. No. For us. And these were, this was the kind of thing we started hearing back in 2019, mm-hmm. to be honest. And we started hearing rumblings and rumors that um, that Todd Dodge might be retiring. Right. Um, and in, it, so much so that I believe going into that title game against Geyer in mm-hmm. 2019, there was a thought... That we had shared with multiple media brethren and, and, and good sources that said, you know what? If they win, he might just ride off into the sunset. He right. might just go out on top and say, guys, we did it. And, I, and mm-hmm. I'm a state champion, and I can, I can finish on a high. And then Cade Klubnik came So <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It might be him. It might, it might be that. I also, I'm also just a believer that coaches have that itch, and it can only be scratched one way. Right. And, and they don't know how to do it other, any other way. But this is something that's been on our radar since then. So much so that I believe Thomas Jones, our friend Thomas Jones at the, uh, the Westlake Picayune, asked him after, straight up after the game in 2019, are you retiring? And he said, no, I'm going to come back for 2020. Yeah. Because I remember him tweeting it out. And I remember thinking, like, if I didn't have the context of, of the, the kind of rumblings, mm-hmm. that would have been very strange. It's like, of course he's coming back. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. We also thought that last year could have been the last year as well. Yes. But but f- basically, over the course of the offseason, we've consistently heard this drumbeat that this was coming, that Todd Dodge, that 2021 was going to be the final year mm-hmm. for Todd Dodge. Uh, and now it's come down. He announced he had a, he had a, a small press gathering there at, uh, at Westlake, and he announced that he is going to retire after the 2021 season. It'll be his 23rd season there. And, of course, his, his record speaks for itself. Now... There is going to be talk about, okay, well, who's next? Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be clear that I don't know. We do not have we any inside not, information. No. But reading the tea leaves. Reading the tea leaves and sources that I've talked to have said that there is one very clear favorite for the job. And it is defensive coordinator Tony Salazar, mm-hmm. who's been the longtime defense coordinator there at Westlake. And... Reading the tea leaves, I'm glad, glad you brought that up, Pickle, because a lot of things make sense if you think about it in that phrase. Mm-hmm. Tony Salazar is on the extremely short list of the most respected defensive minds in Texas high school football. Yes. Extremely short list. No one is going to refute that statement. Right. Any normal fan will not refute that. And I know for a fact that his phone has rang mm-hmm. and that he has gotten... Offers from good jobs to good be the head jobs coach. to be the head coach. Good jobs. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason. I think a lot of things click into place if you start thinking about, well, why would he stick around be a defensive coordinator when he could go be a head coach at a good job, by the way, not yeah. like some rebuild, Mm-mm. like a good job, a contender. Like- why would he stay there? And a lot of it makes sense. Like a ready-to-move-into house. (laughs) Right. A lot of it makes sense if you understand the idea that he is considered to be 
the heavy front runner to be the new head coach. Um, that is that is part speculation, admittedly, and I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are enough tea leaves and enough sources that I've talked to that say that Tony Salazar is the favorite, let's say, mm-hmm. to be the new head coach at Westlake. And I think that it was very easy to see that once it was announced on social media Every single person, whether we're talking about journalists, whether we're talking about normal fans, there was a group consensus of our opinion does not matter at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, Westlake, you might be a little dumb if you look this guy over. It's, you it's, know, it's, it seems like you've got an obvious choice. There. Right, a lot of things make a lot of sense about that. So that's the huge news uh, there that uh, Todd Dodge is going to retire after the 2021 season, um, an opportunity to go and win his seventh state championship. He is, of mm-hmm. course, taking over the number one team in 6A Division One. And just congratulations, over. Coach. Yes. You know, like, okay, <laughs> that's great. another side on, note. Congrats. On, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Congratulations. We wish you all the best. He's always been he's always been a good friend of Dave Campbell's Texas mm-hmm. football. We, we've got a lot of respect for Coach Dodge. Um, and, and yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's an interesting situation that it'll be the, the Todd Dodge farewell tour, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, in 2021. But he is going to retire after the 2021 season. Uh, we've got more on this at TexasFootball.com if you're going to want to go read that. So that is the news there from the coaching realm. Pickle, this past weekend, you and I and some friends uh, were down As in, in like everyone. We're down in San Antonio <laughs> for the THSCA coaching school and convention. And did we ever get a count on how many interviews we did? No, I'll do that. It's over. It's 40-something, right? Yeah, I'm not counting the bits. I have no No, 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 idea. That's a high number. I can't can't count that high. Um, But one of the guys that we talked to, it's very very strange Mm -hmm. to spot a six-man coach at the THSE Coaching School and Convention. Other than Terry Crawford, who's in the comments. He's a junkie. Hey, buddy. We know him. Um, but he's also <laughs> he's also the, the Texas Six-Man Coaches Association liaison to the UIL, mm-hmm. I should say. So there's plenty of reason there. But one of the guys that we caught up with is Dalton DeGraffenreid. Dalton DeGraffenreid is the head coach of the La Mesa Klondike Cougars. Uh, he was uh, gracious enough to sit down with us and chat a little bit. Here is our conversation with Klondike coach Dalton DeGraffenreid here on Texas Football Today. Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here in San Antonio at the THSCA Coaching School and Convention with a six-man guy, <laughs> the head coach of the Klondike Cougars, Coach Dalton DeGraffenry. Coach, appreciate your time. Oh, yes, sir. Um, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, you know, you know we, we don't – I mean that in a nice way. We don't see a ton of six-man coaches around yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wish, uh, I wish you know, more 1A coaches would uh, come attend this clinic. You know, it's awesome. Uh, we learn a ton every year. Uh, you know, uh, our entire staff is actually here, uh, you know, boys' side and girls' side. So, uh, you know, we just come uh, and we listen to a lot of the, a lot of the talks and, uh, you know, get to – uh, network a little bit with uh, a lot of other coaches so uh, you know it's just it's a uh, it's an awesome awesome convention well and it strikes me that you're in an interesting position where in uh schematic conversations <laughs> at the six-man perspective are basically not happening oh absolutely you know what I mean? this yeah. is from a football perspective there's a lot of 11-man stuff so is it safe to say then that you're here trying to get tips on on culture building and the things that transcend scheme sure sure yeah you know i i try to attend a lot of the strength and conditioning talks and i try to attend you know some track talks but uh you know uh we 
you know, we're, we're always trying to steal stuff and learn stuff. So, uh, you know, anytime somebody's talking about offensive drills, defensive drills, you know, uh, we still have to block, run, and tackle uh, at our level. So, uh, you know, uh, we try to learn something every day. And, you know, it's when you've got the best minds in the, in the state uh, and some of them, you know, coming out, out, of, out of the state uh, come to speak, you know, we can assure we're going to, you know, we're going to learn something. So I think um, I'm fairly certain I, I covered you when you played, which makes me feel very, <laughs> very old. Um, how old are you? I'm 27. God almighty. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about your Cougars. Last year, an 11-1 year, uh, a, a really fantastic year for your Cougars. Um, I'm interested, you know, what do you maybe know about the job now, being the head coach there at the, at the, for the Cougars, that you didn't know maybe when you started there? Yeah, you know, whenever I started there at 23, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> uh, but, you know, after being there four years, uh, you know, it's – it, it, it's definitely an adaption. You know, I came from 11-man. You know, I played 11-man growing up. I coached 11-man for two years. And so uh, my first little bit of six-man was, you know, I mean, uh, baptism by fire. So, uh, you know, I've learned I've learned a lot the last four years. And mainly it's just, uh, you know, staying true to what we do. Uh, I mean, and the kids have completely bought in. I mean, it's a total 100% buy-in from them. Uh, so uh, from, a, from a culture standpoint, that's, uh, that's where I think we've, uh, you know, done, done the best job is, uh, you know, our kids expect to win on Friday nights now, and, uh, you know, that goes, that goes a long way. Well, so. and one guy you guys are going to welcome back after a f- fantastic year is Josh Ayers-Mendez, who was, I think, District Offensive Player of the Year. I think we have him on our preseason All-State team in the magazine, yes, a guy we're crazy about. Uh, you're the guy who sees him every day. I can watch the film, and I can tell you he's pretty sure. good at football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're the guy who sees him every day in practice. What is it about Josh that sets him apart? Uh, you know, he just he's one of those true, I mean, dual threat guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, at our level, you know, he plays spread back for us, and uh, he can hurt you with his arm. He can hurt you with his legs. Uh, you know, he was actually our leading rusher and passer last year, which is, I mean, obviously at our level pretty mm-hmm. pretty normal. Uh, but he just uh, he works tremendously hard, and he's just uh, – He's real reactive. I mean, he just got a na- he has a natural feel for you know the field, and uh, so uh, we're glad he's playing for us. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, he just uh, he's a, he's a special kid for sure. You guys bring back about half your team from last year's squad. Do you have a feel quite yet on maybe how this year's team may be different from last year's team? Uh, you know, experience in the playoffs is mm-hmm. going to be big for us. You know, last year that was the first playoff win for us since, you know, 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, those kids on our roster, you know, they weren't accustomed to playing, you know, in a big playoff-like atmosphere. Uh, and, uh, you know, so getting a win in the first round and then playing a, a groom squad that was, you know, mm-hmm. uber talented last year, uh, you know, them getting to experience that, uh, that's going to carry a lot of weight. Uh, so, you know, we won't we won't be as deep as we were last year uh, uh, roster-wise, but, uh, you know, the guys that, you know, we put out on the field, uh, they're going to have that playoff experience that uh, I think is going to help, you know, tremendously. You know, and finally, um, you, you mentioned that you played 11-man. You were kind of raised in 11-man. Um, is 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 six man where you see your, yourself going forward? Is is or is it just kind of like I'm gonna see where it goes? I'm having fun coaching. Football. Oh yeah, you know I love I love Klondike. I love those kids. Uh, you know 
Uh, but you know, I'm a, I'm just, a, I'm a football guy, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, wherever, uh, you know, wherever I end up is, you know, I know, I know it's going to be somewhere where we're playing football and we're trying to play a good brand of it. So, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that I had some guys. Uh, you know, my dad graduated with Dwayne Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, uh, so he, uh, he's helped me a ton. Uh, so, I, I learned a lot quick, uh, and then now I'm just trying to, you know, produce, but. You know, 11-man, 6-man, doesn't matter, you know, as long as we're playing football on Friday night. Well, I remain offended by how young you are, and <laughs> uh, I will continue to do that. Dalton DeGraff and Reed from Klondike. Appreciate your time. Yes, coach. sir. Thank you, Tip. Thanks so much for watching that video. If you would like Listen more to and to be Listen notified to when they there come out, go. Dalton DeGraff and Reed. <laughs> the head coach of the Klondike Cougars, who is entering his fifth year as the head coach of the Cougars, and he said he was 27. Yeah. Start doing that math. Yeah, that was that was the humbler for me as I was like, hey, Dalton, how you doing, man? And I'm like, I remember covering you at Crane. Like, yeah. I remember he was uh, like a awesome receiver at Crane. I want to say he might have been like, he was All-State at least once. He might have been two-time All-State. He That's was awesome. a superstar there. And I think he went and played at like a small college, um, but comes back and gets a job in six-man football. And... You know that transition can be can be weird sometimes, but I mean the the dude is thirty one and twelve as a head coach. Yeah, I mean a star, a rising star. No kidding. And uh, and and super cool. I I like the idea. I don't know. I agree with him. I like the idea of six man coaches going there because I think you can learn about culture and you can get drills and stuff like that. But like you know, yes, no. Nick Saban's not going up there and he's saying like, hey, you know what? Let's talk about some six man schemes. Right. But what you can learn is how to build a program, and and that transcends scheme Mm -hmm. that transcends how many players especially as a young guy like that like (laughs) 27 that's the exact time that you need to be going there that it's even more beneficial than a person who's been doing it for 30 years so there he is dalton DeGraff and reed the head coach there at klondike we appreciate his time there at the thsca coaching school and convention in san antonio let's go over to uh thunderdome to talk with the duchess of dorks Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. It's because I got Thunder and Lightning, Bang Pow, The Gun Show. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, uh, no. I, listened to a, I listened to you on a podcast last night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You you did a with a, what were those boys called? Quick Six. Yeah, Quick, Quick Six, Six podcast. podcast. The uh, Travis good, and Trenton asked me to come host, out. Shout out host, to them. Go host, watch it. Hosts were excellent. And then there was guest was fair decent at but best. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, man, it's just I don't know. It's just. They just, they, all these people have such respect for you. And then you come out here and you're like, thunder and lightning. <laughs> I'm just like, like, if nothing like else. are we watching the same show? <laughs> I'm always on brand. <laughs> God almighty. All right, what do we got final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. One, going back to our conversation with Shahan, mm-hmm. uh, just so everyone is aware, the Big 12 athletic directors and CEOs are mm-hmm. uh, meeting at five today. So stay tuned to TexasFootball.com because I'm sure yeah. Shahan will be. Yeah, from what I understand, the reports that. from it's like Brett McMurphy, Brett McMurphy, yeah, yeah, Brett from Mc, Stadium, Brett McMurphy from Stadium, and then uh, Nicole Auerbach from the um, from the Athletic. They're both reporting that, and from what we understand, this is going to be more of like a debrief, more because I think that a lot of the uh, the presidents and, and the people were kind of caught off guard. They were probably calling into the offices, like, you know. It's like, okay, let's huddle up and let's talk about this. So I don't, Just I calm don't, everyone down. I don't anticipate any like big news, mm-hmm. but at this point, we didn't expect Brent Zornman to break the internet yesterday. Yeah. So who knows? Keep on your toes. So there's that, and then I guess a couple of programming notes. If we want to go ahead and do this, yeah. one tomorrow, the Matt Step will be joining us, and we'll we do a mega size mailbag. 
we will do mega size mailbag along with i believe our coaching school vlog should be ready to go by then so yes. big fun fun goofy we'll show that. tomorrow and then and then monday the goofiness dies off a little bit it does we're gonna have a super cool show we are going to be live on location in mckinney for the Lone Star Conference Media Days. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be talking with a number of coaches, a number of players there from uh, our favorite Division II uh, conference. Can I say that? Is it the only Division II conference we have? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Our yeah, favorite. Yeah, because Division Three would be like UMHB. Yeah, like, yeah the American Southwest <laughs> Conference. conference. Stuff. I wanted to make sure I didn't do that. Yeah, our favorite Division II conference, <laughs> uh, the Lone Star Conference. So we're going to be talking with a number of players and coaches there. But the show will not be on at noon. It'll be on at 1. So it's yeah. noon Mountain Time. So if you noon watch, El Paso time, if you watch this on your lunch break, take a late lunch. Take a late on lunch Monday. break. We'll be on at one. We'll probably go longer than an hour, to be real honest, because mm -hmm. we're gonna have a bunch of guests and, and people it, you actually care to hear talk. Yes, it'll be great. <laughs> so uh, be be sure to tune in late, one o'clock on Monday. We will have. Uh, our show live from Lone Star Conference Media Days in McKinney. But a lot of nonsense tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's going to be fun. Get your yeah. questions ready for Matt Step because he's about to go back up to Canada for a couple weeks before he's back full-time. Yeah. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Klondike coach Dalton DeGraffenried and our college football insider Shahan J. Raja for being our guests. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 1207 of Texas Football Today.